Praise the Lord Jesus. So good that we could be online again as we enter into the new month of November. We thank God for the opportunity to worship, to bless his holy name, who alone is worthy, the great King, the Holy One. Let's worship him. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you thanks. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you for another month. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for this day in which we live. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you. Hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name. To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. Be blessings and glory and honor and power forever. Be blessings and glory and honor and power forever. To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Holy One. We give you thanks in the name of Jesus. The fruit of the lips give thanks to your name, Lord. Hallelujah. We bring the sacrifice of praise. We bring the offering of our lips. Mamparisto preside balacaste metelose e prianto mangeli prakasta. Oh, we give you thanks. Menchu te preti prapasta. Oh, mantal mente prese frevente. Hapa santo rembeliste ne mana casutoro e previste mangele praculo calmeteri. Mande rusto membrediste fradavanto. Mecalas kefrete felgite, anatoro sempretife, emancro pelvile crastea. Hallelujah. And as we lift up your name, we are also lifted up and glorified in that name. For that is our high tower and our place of favor. Haha, sheprelita barakata, mencras de frete vetevea. May there be a free-flowing river of praise and thanks that ascends up to your throne, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks that we were created to praise you. Hallelujah. To give you glory. To give you honor. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We receive your benefits in Jesus' name. Amen. We call every need met, every yoke destroyed, every burden removed, every confusion disappear in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. What a beautiful day to serve the great King. Hallelujah. Let's uh, open up our Bibles today to the book of Jeremiah and a familiar chapter which is uh, worthy of our constant meditation. The 17th chapter. Notice there, as we read, there's a difference between those who are given to thinking and meditating uh, upon him and his word. And you can see the difference here very plainly. Glory to God. Let's see there in the seventh verse. Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Hallelujah. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. Hallelujah. That spread it out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Hallelujah. What a lineup of scripture there. We thank God for that reading. Shall we hear that in Canada also? Yavanu kattanalli baravasa vittiruvano yavanige kattanu nirikshe yagiddano a manushinu danyanu. Avanu nirina baliyalli nedalpattu uvaliya baliyalli tanna berugalannu haradiruva marada hagiruvanu. Tageyu baruvaga adu baadigugade adara ele hasuragiruvadu. Shamada varushadalli adakke chinte iruvadilla illave falafalisuvadannu nillisuvadilla. Hallelujah. The other day we were watching an old uh, movie, some, uh, you know, 1961 or so movie. Uh, you know, <clears throat> sometimes you have to go watch old movies to just hear things a little more uh, plain and clean, you know. <laughs> it's the age in which we live, but this was uh, called... Uh, I think Rise of the Phoenix or something like that, where some people were stuck in a desert during the times of the early Arab um, drilling of oil and all that. So their plane crashed and they were stuck there. Eventually, anyway, they came out of their situation by making another plane out of the pieces of the wreckage. Interesting story. <laughs> And it flew, you know, and as they were going around in the, you know, surrounding areas of just sand and dunes everywhere, you know, just sand and sand, you could see somewhere a green spot, you know, uh, and as you approached, you notice it was an oasis and the waters were there and there were animals and little people were there and there was actually even a drilling well nearby. And that's where they finally made their landing. And everybody just ran straight to the waters and just flopped in it and, and just rolled in it and just you know, frolicked in it and just laid off in it. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was quite a sight to behold. Amen. In the midst of all of that heat and sand and thirst and dryness of the desert after about two weeks 
minimum in the hot sands with rations of water. They finally made it to this oasis and ah, they just rolled around in the water. Praise God. Just imagine, everywhere is dry, everywhere is negative, and all you hear is trash. In the midst of all of that, if you had an oasis where only blessedness, only peace, only strength, only blessings issue forth, and you planted yourself as a tree, imagine, right there at the very banks of that oasis, I'm sure you'd know that tree would do well. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's your story today. Hallelujah. You are like a tree planted by the waters. Hallelujah. Praise God. Notice that your roots shall be deep in the river, bed there. You shall not see, notice that, shall not see when heat cometh. Praise God. So there is heat out there, but that won't be your problem because that's not what you are looking at. That's not what you're focusing on. Hallelujah. Your leaf shall be green. Hallelujah. Praise God. You shall not be careful, notice that, in the year of drought. So you're not bothered about the drought. It's out there. Stuff is happening. You know, things are going on. But your roots are so deeply in the waters and in the fertile ground of that blessed oasis that you are not bothered about what's going on on the outside. Hallelujah. And you do not cease from yielding fruit. So you're going to be fruitful in the midst of all of that. Hallelujah. And that is your place that you can actually take advantage of that because you're trusting in the Lord and your hope is in Him. Amen. It's good to notice that hope also means a happy expectation, a confident expectation. Just by definition, to have hope means that your future is blessed. You have a happy, confident expectation. You are leading, leaning on something that is beyond what natural eyes are seeing. Amen. Notice hope is always the future. It's important to notice that you need to have hope. We talk about faith a lot, but you need to have hope. And without hope, there is no expectation. So it's time to plant uh, your seed in the well-watered ground of the Word. It's time to plant your life in the blessed oasis of God's presence and His Word. And it's time to have no fear, no worry, no anxiety about whatever is going on there. You will not see it when it comes. Hallelujah. Those things are coming upon the earth in increasing manner and frequency. Things are coming up as a bad report more and more, but you shall not see it when it comes. Hallelujah. Praise God. You shall not be careful. Don't be careful or worried or anxious about it. That's not your portion. Sounds like the scripture, doesn't it? Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's go off again. To another scripture just like that over there in um, first Peter and the fifth chapter. Praise God. You see, from 
uh, something from the prophets of the Old Testament. Now we jump off to the New Testament, to the book of Peter. Why are we saying all this? I believe that we're praying and God gives us, you know, direction. And uh, doesn't want us to be blown away by whatever is seen here. First Peter 5, notice here in the 7th verse. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We are not saying that there are not cares. We are not uh, in denial, or as someone said, in denial, which is uh, <clears throat> a river in Egypt. Hallelujah. <laughs> but we are saying that that's not where our focus is. Amen. We are casting all our care, whatever is coming upon the earth and upon humanity, all of that care upon him. Upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. That's what he said. Praise God. And so, hallelujah, if we don't take advantage of it, then uh, we are losing out. There's a promise here that he cares for us. Hallelujah. I like the amplified uh, rendering of the same verse. It says in verse 7, uh, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns... Once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's hear this uh, uh, chapter 5 and verse 7 out of Peter in Canada also. Nimma chintayanella atana mele hakiri atana nimma goskara chintisuttane. Praise the Lord. Isn't it nice to know that he cares for us affectionately? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Watchfully, that his eye is upon you. Hallelujah. That he's bothered about you. He's concerned about you. That he's saying, put it on me. Praise God. And there is a reference, if you have a reference Bible there, to notice that this is also... Brought out in the Psalms, Psalm 55, verse 22. I'm reading from the Amplified also. It says, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it. See that? Releasing the weight of it. Burdens, worries, anxieties, they have weight. Hallelujah. They can mess with your frame. They were, uh, you were not supposed to bear those things. God knows that. He knows your frame. He knows what you can bear. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Hallelujah. And he's saying, you don't have to bear the weight of it. You can release the weight of it. Ha ha. And he will sustain you. Praise God. He will sustain. He's the sustainer. Hallelujah. He will support you. He will make sure there's a constant flow. Hallelujah. He will sustain you. Hallelujah. He will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, fall, or fail. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And then you'll notice here that he says he will never allow. 
the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, fall, or fail. Praise God. Very interesting how the Amplified brings out these thoughts. Let's also hear Psalm 55:22 in Kannada and then we'll proceed. Amen. Glory to God. So you may say, oh, how can I be consistently righteous? That thought will arise. And so you need to know that once you accept the Lord Jesus, you are made the very righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, notice that he is a new creation, a new species of being. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That never existed before. Thank you, Jesus. How wonderful. That person that you are now has never existed before. There's been none like you. After you accepted the Lord, you are a new creation. Hallelujah. And the 25th verse of 2 Corinthians 5 says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The very righteousness of God himself in the Christ, in the anointed one and his anointing. The same righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. Let's see if we can read that also uh, from the Amplified Version. You see, this is the reality that we have to keep before us. I read from the Amplified in Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man or any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. <laughs> the old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Praise the Lord. Notice, the 18th verse is uh, it's like it has to be flowing with that previous verse. All things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. Hallelujah. Now all things, notice, are from God. Or they are of God. Everything in your spirit now is of God. There's no little devils in there anymore. Hallelujah. No remnant in your spirit man anything from the past a totally praise God new creation a brand new species hallelujah glory to God a new creature or a creature all together the previous moral and spiritual condition passed away that's the terminology for people who die that person died he's passed away hallelujah passed away glory to God amen Thank God. And you can see in the 21st verse, For our sake he made Christ virtually to be sin who knew no sin, so that in and through him 
we might become endued with, viewed as being in, and examples of the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. What we ought to be approved and acceptable and in right relationship with him by his goodness. Hallelujah. The Amplified has a lot of words. It's always a mouthful. But it is it gives you more chance to meditate and think upon varieties of the ideas that are in the meaning there. Hallelujah. So let's see if we can hear uh, 21 also in Canada, 2 Corinthians 5. Now, Athanali, Devara Niti, Aguante, Devaru, Papa Vandaria, Athanano, Namagoskara, Papa Vaga, Madi, the No. So you have here the fact that what God sees is a new creation altogether. And so you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What Jesus did was exchange his nature for our nature. There has been a divine exchange. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. And so you are in your spirit man consistently righteous. So you don't have to worry about that aspect. The aspect you need to worry about is the mind or soul or thinking. That aspect uh, may be uh, fired at and challenged by various voices and thoughts to remind you of your past and your natural human life, etc. Amen? But you need to keep focusing and meditating on the truth that you are a new creature, you're a brand new man, Old things are passed away, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and God can sustain you because you are His and He's thinking about you. Glory to God. That fact is the truth that we need to get more and more familiar with. Praise God. I thank God for Old Testament scriptures, which every now and then uh, point us in that direction. But today we enjoy the fullness of it because we are the new creation that an Old Testament person never could be. Amen. The blood of bulls and goats, the ashes of an ephor, all of those sacrifices could never make a person a brand new person in their spirit. It could never cleanse the conscience of sin. The conscience always had that burden of sin. That's why they had to be uh, offered again and again. But thank God, after Jesus paid the price, the eternal realms were satisfied, our Father's justice was meted, and so you and I can enjoy brand new creation. Hallelujah. I like the way the Hebrews uh, epistle talks about it. The book of Hebrews, of course, as the name refers uh, or infers, uh, is written to the Hebrews who became believers. So they had an idea of these things. Now Paul is using the word to clarify it. Notice in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, observe verse 1. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. Notice the law was a shadow. Having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never 
Notice that. Can never, I'm now reading King James, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. That means, you know, you went like renewing your permit or something like that, your uh, license or something. You had to keep renewing it year after year. Because it didn't have value to remain renewed permanently. Hallelujah. So you had to keep going every year. Every male had to present themselves in Jerusalem before the high priest and stand there for his family. Continually. But it would never make you perfect. Notice verse 2. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. Notice the argument. If they would make you perfect. Then you can stop the offering. You know, you can stop the journey again and again to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. If it was done permanently by a superior sacrifice and your conscience was purged, then you don't have to think about it again. It's over. You don't have to worry. But because it was just a shadow and not the reality, they had to keep remembering every year how unworthy they were, how sinful they were, and the state of their conscience was bad. Hallelujah. But, verse 3, in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. See? This man knew the law. He knew the priesthood. He was a Jew of Jews from the tribe of Benjamin. This is the man that God has now chosen to write three quarters of the new covenant. And writing to the Jewish believers who are the hardest to deal with, he is explaining these things. Amen. Thank God we are now looking at it 2,000 years ago who were by nature Gentiles We had nothing to do with the Jewish people. We came from another part of the world, from another scene. But this is the apostle of the Gentiles. He's the one that has the heart of God for us. And so we can take advantage in this time of his writings, which will make us so clear the grace of God has been abundant toward us. That we, without going to Jerusalem, without having an idea of the law, uh, you know, its requirements, nothing. We have now been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Wow, that's amazing grace. Hallelujah. That's wonderful. But to see the inner workings is also good because it increases your gratitude towards God and how much grace he's poured out upon the church in the last days. Hallelujah. Verse 3, but in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible, verse 4 continues, it is not possible, notice, that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Not possible. So they were never taken away by these sacrifices specifics that they had to come and offer again and again. It was never taken away. It was just a covering note. A permission to go across one more year. Hallelujah. 
Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, verse 5 continues, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Hallelujah. Amen. Notice this has been uh, a scripture that Jesus has taken for himself. He has identified himself from Psalm 40 and verse 6 that it was written about him. That sacrifice and offering uh, thou did not desire. Mine ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. That is how that 40th Psalm reads. And Jesus knew that it was him that he was speaking about. He found himself in the word of God. When he cometh into the world, praise God, he said... Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared me. So now Jesus is the body of that sacrifice. He is the perfect sacrifice. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. So don't waste your time around there. Burnt offerings, sacrifices for sin, this, that, and the other. The body of Christ has been offered once and for all. Praise God. He is the total atoning sacrifice. Verse 7. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. Jesus identified himself in the word of God and said, It's all written about me. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. He said, I am the sacrifice. I have my own will. I have my own agenda. But I submitted to you. I am a sacrifice. Hallelujah. It's interesting to notice that Jesus had his own will. And there was the Father's will. And he had to submit to the Father's will. Praise God. All of that. Was for us. Praise God. Interesting. Above when he said. Or rather when he said. Sacrifice and offering. And burnt offerings. And offering for sin. Thou wouldest not. Neither had pleasure therein. Which are offered by the law. Notice that the law made nothing perfect. Then said he. Lo I come to do thy will. O God. He taketh away the first. That he may establish the second. So the first covenant is removed. And the second has been established. A superior has been established. That's why he had to remove the previous. Unless there is an inferior. There's no need to replace it. So the old covenant. Though it was good. Was still inferior. Because it never made a person a new creation. It never made a person brand new in their spirit. It never had the power to remove sin nature. It could cover sin for a specific time and then you had to go and you know, repeat the process. But through the blood of Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the nature of sin is taken away from the spirit man. So people. Um, they are not going to hell. For being good or bad. They are going to hell. Because they have not accepted Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Very interesting. So you don't go to hell because you're good or bad. That's not what takes you to hell. What takes you to hell is that you did not accept the payment for your born again nature, your new creation nature, which is the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Because you cannot be good on your own. He had no confidence in those sacrifices because he knew the power of those sacrifices. It could never take away sin nature. The life of God had to now be supplanted in our spirit man, put into our spirit man, and our old nature was killed, passed away. Hallelujah. So that former person you were does not exist anymore when you accept Jesus. When you say, I have decided to follow Jesus. When you call on that precious name, the man on the inside is killed and a brand new creation is supplanted or put there in place. Praise God. And you are a new creation, a brand new man. The very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What no sacrifice could have been uh, able to procure. None. Nothing could have gotten you that. God himself said that. And so that's why Jesus came. To establish the superior, second, higher covenant. The new covenant in which we now live. Praise God. Verse 10 continues, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Woo! Glory to God. By that will of God, by Jesus coming in the flesh, being born of a virgin, hallelujah, taking our place on the cross, going to hell in his spirit for us because sin is spiritual. It's not a physical thing. Its effects are seen in the physical, in death and so on. But it's a spiritual matter. Hallelujah. And so the spirit man had to go and pay the price. So his body was in the tomb, but his spirit descended into hell. And suffered the roasting torture of fire, the separation from God, until the price was fully met three days Hallelujah. Three nights, like Jonah in the belly of the whale. When it was settled, God sent the Holy Spirit, went down to hell, took him out of there, put him into his body, quickened that body in the grave, brought him exploding out of the tomb, and he said, now I'm alive forevermore. He said, I was dead, but now I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and death. Praise God. Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Once and for all. Hallelujah. He settled the matter for us. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Jesus. Let's hear that also in Revelation 1, verse 18, before we read the Hebrew rendering of chapter 10. Revelation 1, 18. Notice, I am he that liveth. Notice that. And was dead. And behold I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Praise God. Amazing. Who can speak like that? There's no one who can say that. But the Lord Jesus himself. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Let's hear this in Canada also and then we'll return to Hebrews 10. Sattavanaginu, Iga Badukuvanagidene, Igo, Nanu Yendem Digu Badukuvanagidene, Amen, Narakada Matu Maranada Biga the Kaigaru Nanali away. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So now let's read Hebrews chapter 10 and notice the verse 9 and 10 also in Canada. Hallelujah. So by this offering of Jesus Christ once for all, all, hallelujah, he has paid for the sins of all and every priest, he continues, verse 11, standard daily Ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. See, this is referring to the old system again, again and again and again and again, and it could never take away sins. It would just cover the sins. But, verse 12, this man, after he had offered one sacrifice, Four sins forever sat down on the right hand of God. Hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, uh, while you're doing your basic doctrine, you may run into Hebrews 9 and 10. And I've often said that it pays to just read 9 and 10 over and over again. It's so pithy. It's so blessed that when it is brought back to your remembrance... It quickens so many things. Hallelujah. This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. That means he has finished some things. Some things are finished. The, the priest would never sit down. There was no chair in that uh, tabernacle. There was no chair there. Because his business was to keep standing. Because sitting down meant there's no more work to do. (laughs) Hallelujah. No high priest or priest had that place of finished work. But Jesus, he finished some things. So he could sit down. Where? At the right hand of God. That's not just a geographic place. It's a place of Authority and immortality and eternity. That's plenty. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Forever sat down at the right hand of God. Wow. So many things that we are bothered about have been settled. That sin burden has been removed. That care and that worry can also take a back seat. You don't have to be bothered about so many things. You don't have to be bothered about so many things because God has in one fell swoop, in one dive, clarified and made so many things just blessed. Hallelujah. 
From henceforth, he says, after sitting down, from henceforth, verse 13, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. What does Jesus expect every enemy to come under his feet? Amen. You know, uh, you need to get familiar with the footstool. Uh, I, you know, I noticed that uh, it is an item of furniture that is only found, uh, you know, where people are doing a lot of work and sitting at a table and they have to stretch out their legs and they need more comfort. Amen. And sometimes in big homes and big houses, they have such kind of stools. Amen. Guess what? All the works of the enemy are supposed to be Jesus' footstool. Praise God. Because he did it for you, it's supposed to be your footstool. Cares, worries, anxieties, under the feet. It's not your problem. Thank God. All your enemies under your feet. God said that. Verse 14, for by one offering, one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Forever. Woo, glory to God. That's the power of that offering of the body of Christ, of his bearing our sin nature in his spirit, going to hell for us. And because it was fully paid, the third day he rose again. If he had not settled the matter, he would not have risen. Hell would have kept him down there. But because he was totally justified, because he was offered up for our offenses, justified for us, he was raised also for us. Hallelujah. He committed no sin of his own. It was all for us. That's the sacrifice. Not for himself, for us. And so today, we can stand here and say, I'm blameless before God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's my eternal nature. That's in my spirit. Hallelujah. Perfected forever. Sanctified. Separated unto God forever in my spirit. Hallelujah. Of course, I have thoughts to deal with. I have ideas that bombard me from a fallen world and my surroundings. But they all have to bow under the feet. Glory to God. Verse 14. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. The word sanctified should not throw you. It means separated unto God. Thank you Jesus. Let's see if we can hear uh, verse 12 to 14 also in Kannada. ಆದರೆ ಈ ಮನುಷ್ಯನು ಪಾಪಗಳಿಗೋಸ್ಕರ ನಿರಂತರವಾದ ಒಂದೇ ಯಜ್ಞವನ್ನು ಅರ್ಪಿಸಿದ ಮೇಲೆ ದೇವರ ಬಲಗಡೆಯಲ್ಲಿ ಕೂತುಕೊಂಡನು ಅಂದಿನಿಂದ ತನ್ನ ವಿರೋಧಿಗಳು ತನ್ನ ಪಾದಪೀಠವಾಗಿ ಮಾಡಲ್ಪಡುವ ತನಕ ಆತನು ಎದುರು ನೋಡುವನು ಆತನು ಪವಿತ್ರರಾಗುವವರನ್ನು ಒಂದೇ ಅರ್ಪಣೆಯಿಂದ ನಿರಂತರಕ್ಕೂ ಸಂಪೂರ್ಣರನ್ನಾಗಿ ಮಾಡಿದ್ದಾನೆ I think it was a Sunday where we, we talked about 1 Corinthians 6 and we read out some scripture there from the ninth verse. It says, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? 
Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. What a list. Quite, quite, a, quite an infamous list. You don't want to be part of that. But notice, and such were some of you. We may have been involved in any variety of those things, but it continues, you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Just like that, you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified. Just as if you did nothing wrong. Sanctified, set apart unto God, not by any good thing we have done, but in the name of Jesus. That's the grace of God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus, wonderful Jesus, wonderful Jesus. He finished all the work and gave us his name and he said, in my name, you go. You go use my name. Use it in your life, use it out there. The enemy has to come under your feet. Hallelujah. The keys are now with him. The authority to open And lock is in his name. Praise God. Thank you Jesus. Wonderful. Let's hear the ninth also through the eleventh of First Corinthians 6 in Canada. Anitivantaru Devara Rajatke Bhatiraguvadilla Vembadu Nimagetiriado, Mosahoga Bediri, Jaralu Vidraharadakaru Vibichari Guru Vitaru Purushagamigalu. Kalaru Lobigalu Kudukaru Bayuvavaru Sulu Kuluvavaru Devara Rajake Badiragu Vadilla Nimali Kelavaru Antavaragi Diri Adaru Katanada Yesuina Hesarina Liu Nama Devara Atmana Liu Toreal Patiri Shuddi Karisal Patiri Matu Nitivan Teremba Nirnevanu Vandidiri Amen. Praise God. So that wraps up everything basically. <laughs> There's almost nothing left that Jesus hasn't done. So what's left? You are left on the earth as a new creature. The very righteousness of God. Sanctified. Wow. Justified. Totally as though you've done nothing wrong. Brand new person. But your head and your thoughts, your emotions are still the same fellow. And so the church has the responsibility of helping us to understand that you are not the same fellow. That stuff is over. That you are now a child of God. You are the righteousness of God. And you can walk with your head up without guilt and fear and worry and anxiety. You can walk through this earth and all your enemies are destined to be under your feet. Victory guaranteed forever. Whatever is plaguing the world has nothing to do with you. You cannot be bothered about it. You shall not be careful in the time of drought. You will not see when the heat comes. Because the roots of your thoughts, your deep thoughts, your imaginations 
are deeply planted by the waters of God's word. And you are sucking life and vitality from his word. And your leaf shall be green. Hallelujah. And you will always be fruitful. You will always have the blessedness and the fruit. And people will see you and say, wow, I want some of that. Does that guy live here? Does he live in this same place? In Nama, Bengaluru? In this world? With me right now? Absolutely. This is true for anyone under God's heaven. Glory to God. And these realities are becoming more and more evident in the last days. You see, it's the sufferings that separate one from the other. How do you know that a house is well built? How do you know that a house has good foundation? Only after the storm. That's when you know which one is standing. Ah, that one had a good foundation. So the challenges are out there upon all. And they try to come to you too. But if you are built and founded upon God's word and you are drawing your life and vitality out of that, guess what? You don't have to be shaken. You don't have to be stirred. You don't have to be moved. You can live as though you did not even see the heat when it came. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. So this is our work cut out for us. And so to run away from such thinking, to run away from such Gatherings is actually self-destructive. Your thoughts have to stay focused on these things. Because your soul can run here and there. The Bible says you need an anchor for your soul. That's why the Bible says sometimes our faith is shipwrecked. It's likened to a ship in a storm. Being blown at the mercy of elements. Blown here and there. And the word is the anchor that will see you all the way to the end. Hallelujah. The word is eternal, forever settled in heaven. Let's, let's read that also. 119th Psalm, Psalm 119, and verse 89. I think you have to remember some of these earlier scriptures. <laughs> some of us have been on a journey for a while. And as time goes, you may, you may camp on certain parts of the Bible and forget others. Amen. Please don't make that mistake. The word is rich. All of it is blessed. It's divinely breathed, inspired of God. Let's read the 89th verse of Psalm 119. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Wow. Okay. Think about it. Jesus is the word become flesh. Thy word, O Lord, is settled forever in heaven. So if Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, he's settled. There's no argument about it. Nobody in heaven is going to say, why are you sitting like this as though everything is over? Nobody's going to argue with Jesus. <laughs> How dare you? It's settled. It's over. Amen. Where's the problem then? Where is the unsettledness? It's on the earth. Hallelujah. How do you settle it on the earth? Yes. I'm glad you asked that question. Second Corinthians 13. Notice. 
Verse 1. This is the third time I'm coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. To establish it on the earth, you need to have two or three witnesses. Who said that? God said that. Amen. And he's been saying it. This comes out of Deuteronomy 19. Notice verse 15. One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin. He says, for in any sin that he sinneth at the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. That's Deuteronomy 19.15. Hallelujah. And you will also see that, you know, in other aspects of the new covenant or rather the period when Jesus walked on the earth. Matthew 18.16, he says, But if he will not hear thee, speaking to the church, to the assembly, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. Amen. Notice that this itself is written at least three times in the whole of the scripture. And this is the way we establish the will of God on the earth. It has to be spoken out of the mouth of witnesses. Who are the witnesses? Psalms. Praise God. Peter. James. These are witnesses. And then you become a witness to those witnesses. And you speak what they said. And you establish that the word is settled on the earth as it is settled in heaven. Settle the matter. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we need to settle some things. Settle it on the earth. Just like Jesus is settled in heaven. Nobody can shake his throne. He's seated there. He got it legally. He won the victory. He took our place. He loved us. And the father said, sit by my side. This is the place you were always supposed to be seated at. But for their sake... Because of my command, my, my law of obedience, you obeyed me. You chose to obey me. You chose to offer your life. You conquered the enemy. You rose again the third day. You paid the price. You lived the life of faith. You rose again the third day. You totally satisfied me. You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Sit at my right hand till all the enemies become the footstool. He pleased his father. That throne was always his. Why should he ever leave heaven? The portals of that glorious shore. Where you and I are going to one of these days. Hallelujah. Why? For us. So that he would bring us home. We were not made for just a fallen world. We were made for a world without failure. And that's coming up shortly. A world where there's no curse. A world where there is no devil. A world where Jesus sits on the throne in Jerusalem. Not the devil or the Antichrist. There's going to be a a trial run for us for a thousand years to enjoy a life without the devil. A life where there is no curse. Where people live where they procreate, where they increase. But you and I will have glorified bodies. And we who have 
understood so much, have been to heaven, and then come back to the earth for a thousand year reign with Jesus, how much would we have seen and known? And there will be ordinary people on the earth during that time. And you and I will have to tell them, you have no idea where you could have been. And right now, don't waste this opportunity. Worship the king. Go to Jerusalem. Worship him. He's worthy. And Jesus will be there with a physical body. People will see the holes. People will see the the scars on his body. He has them forever. And they must worship him. And you and I must enforce that. (laughs) It's all in the scripture. I can guarantee you I'm not saying anything that's not in the scripture. This is all we have. Amen. But meantime, let's see if we can read something out of uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 1, um, Deuteronomy 19, 15, and Matthew 18, 16, also in Canada. I wonder if we've done Psalm 119. Okay, let's start off with Psalm 119, and then a little, uh, maybe you can just read uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 1, and then Matthew 18. Amen. <laughs> so cool. I like the way it's so quick. We have that Sister Kripa reading out in Canada. She does a great job. Matthew eighteen sixteen and uh, Deuteronomy nineteen fifteen. If you would like to. Hmm. Glory to God. I guess we've done it, right? Not yet. Amen. So notice, if people take one scripture, one solitary scripture from the word, and just begin to build on that, they are building on a very faulty, shaky foundation. Amen. So they'll say, hey, but it's in the Bible. It's written. Yes, it is. But is it written more than once? Is it uh, supported by at least two or three witnesses? Hallelujah. That's how you begin to separate things. The Bible declares in Second Timothy 2 and verse 15... Notice what it says. Study, study, study to show thyself approved, approved unto God. You have to be approved by God first in your study. A workman that needed not to be ashamed or embarrassed. You could get embarrassed if you don't handle it properly. Rightly dividing The word of truth. See, it's the word of truth, yes, but it has to be divided properly. There is a proper division 
or else it's going to be thin ice. You'll be skating on thin ice. I have never skated before. I don't even roller skate, but I like the expression <laughs> skating on thin ice. You know, it's kind of teetering and then poof, you're gone. We don't want to be on thin ice. We want to be on the solid ground that no matter what happens out there, God's got your back because you have founded your life on the word. At least two or three scriptures, solid, unshakable. Hallelujah. You are washed. Hallelujah. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. That has to be settled because thoughts are going to come from the past. But you did this. You remember you did that. Sometimes if you meet your old buddies, it can fire up these things. And you need to work on thinking again more and more on God's reality. Otherwise you can be drawn away into thinking you're just pretending. No, we're not pretending. This is not just fake it till you make it. This is not make-believe. This is God who cannot lie. Giving his own life for us in his son. So that he could bring us to a place where in his eyes we are right. No matter what man thinks. He doesn't say anything bad. He doesn't curse. He doesn't lie. He doesn't cheat. How can he go to hell? That's the problem. It's not about what you say or do. It's about who you really are. And that's spirit man. So we don't get to heaven because we're good or bad. We get to heaven because we accept Jesus. No man can go there by himself. Our witness there is all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Hmm, there's a lot to think about. But as we were saying, don't forget these, in quote, older scriptures. Amen. So back in Psalm 119, God help us. 119th Psalm, notice verse 162. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Amen. Ooh, glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Can you see how the psalmist is talking so highly about God's word? Amen. Don't you just feel a bit like a slight twinge of jealousy there? That you wish you could be in that place too. This person is so affected by God's word. He says, I rejoice at thy word. So he's not rejoicing because he, he just got a new car or house. All that's cool. But he's gotten to a place that these realities, mm, they just stir him up. Amen? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Excuse me while I just get carried away a little bit there. Praise God. You know, there are things about spoil. I don't know whether you're familiar with it, but there was a time on the earth where people lived 
in wars constantly. You know, then we had a little peace here and then another war, then a little peace there and then another war. It was like that. Of course, we are used to more peace, but wars are coming. Wars are happening right now. But, uh, you know, there was the capturing of places and the taking over of those places and all their wealth. And uh, people would get really excited about it. You know, wow, imagine you invade one nation and all their stuff becomes yours and you just divide it up among the people. Wow. Those kind of thoughts, you know. So people would really start singing around in the streets and get real excited and so forth. Praise God. So I'll just show you one example. First Samuel chapter 30 verse 16. And when he had brought him down, behold, as they spread abroad upon the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. Amen. Can you see that? Eating, drinking, dancing, party. Yeah. Partying out there on the street because they had gotten all the spoil. Imagine that you are reading your Bible and every now and then you just take a praise break. And you just lose it. And then you come back and read it again. Amen. A praise spell here and there. Go round and round. Shout. And then open up the scripture again. Amen. So you get used to that. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Oh glory to God. Hallelujah. So in, back in the Psalms, Psalm 119, notice we read 162. The result is 164. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments, because of thy word. Seven times a day. I mean, he's like, there's no limit anymore. I just lose it when I think about your word. And the result, verse 165, great peace have they which love thy law. In this case, thy word, nothing shall offend them or cause them to stumble. Nothing shall cause them to backslide and stumble away. Hallelujah. Amen. So if there's any chance of stumbling, backsliding, meanness towards God and his people sitting somewhere in your soul realm you just need to expose yourself to more and more of God's precious word more and more of heavenly realities and you'll break forth into praise and excitement and joy that is more than any spoil hallelujah isn't it wonderful praise God let's see if we can get these also in Canada uh, 162 and then uh, 164 and 165. Bahana Kornehone Devana Hage Nanu Nimna Vaki the Nimitta Santosha Paduatine Nimna Niti Avidigada Nimitta Divasake Edu Sari Nimna Nustutisutine Nimna Nyaya Pramana Vanu Priti Madhuva Varige Sampurna Samadana Udu Avarige Atanka Venu Iruvadilla. See, who can guarantee you such things? I don't think we finished, right? We, 
Who can guarantee you such things? Who can tell you that your life is different? Your life can be as a tree planted by the waters that will always bring fruit in season. Its leaf will be green. You will not even be careful for the drought. You will not see heat when it comes. Who can tell you such things? It's either make-believe, positive thinking, bunkum like that, or this is absolute fact from a God who cannot lie and never changes, who settles some things forever. Hallelujah, forever. So here comes the soul, your thinking, your emotion. Man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. Where do you get that from? I'm glad you asked. First Thessalonians 5, verse 23. Notice, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. This is the whole uh, person. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know that is a, a coming of the Lord's scripture? What do you do till Jesus comes? Just run around, do whatever you want? No, you present your whole self, spirit, soul, and body, blameless until he comes. Hallelujah. But notice, you can't do it by yourself. Verse 24 says, faithful is he who has called you who will also do it. He's going to help you do it. You cooperate with him. You gather when he says gather. Don't go off in the opposite direction. You're exposing yourself to damage. Structural, foundational damage. Hallelujah. This is the time to hang in there. Tighten your grip on the things of God. So that you are not blown away by what's coming up. I'm telling you, the Bible calls it perilous times. Perilous times. They haven't seen it yet. It's just beginning to crack open layer after layer. But when it gets unbearable, Jesus comes and takes him, his body out of here, his bride out of here, in quotes. Amen. So this is the time to get ready for he who is coming. Amen. I don't know whether we should read that. Let's read that also. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24 in Kannada. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that, uh, you know, if, imagine, I was living here and I'm just a believer... I'm not called into ministry. I'm just there. But I'm a believer and I'm like, wow, man, where can I go? Where can I get some food? Where can I get some real stuff? And then you began to hear things like this. I think I would just head right there. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what I was taught when I was saved in Africa. Brother Mike, when the door of the church is open, just come inside. Bring your notebook. Whatever they tell you, write it down. Take it home. Meditate on that. Your life will change. 
and the ganja left, the crazy life left. And today I'm in India believing that God sent me here. Hallelujah. Amen. So the things of God are like that. You need to expose yourself more and more to it, to that life, as though it is an oasis where you draw your life force from. And based on that reality, you will always be green, evergreen, evergreen. Your enemies will report, yes, up under your feet. Poverty, under the feet. Sickness, under the feet. Curse, under the feet. Whatever is out there, report under your feet, under your dominion. You won't even bother. It'll be as though you do not even see it. Hallelujah. That's what God said. Amen. All right. We're back in 1 Corinthians. We read the 6th chapter there, 9 through 11. Notice how the 12th verse continues. All things are lawful unto me. Isn't that interesting? All things are lawful unto me. All things are lawful unto me. But all things are not expedient. Hmm? All things are lawful for me. But I will not be brought under the power of any. You're on your way to heaven. Thank God. You're you're washed. You're sanctified. You're justified. You're a new creature. You're on your way to heaven. I can tell you without much worry that basically as a believer, you're on your way to heaven. We'll meet up there. I strongly believe that because he's able to keep you. He's able to keep you faultless unto that day. Hallelujah. So that's not the issue here. Praise God. All that lying, fear and insecurity is not the point. Amen. The issue now is totally different. The issue now is to be more concerned about eternal benefits. Because the ages are still coming up. I am now 57 and I feel like, wow, man, everything happened so quickly. I met some of my old classmates and 41 years ago, 42 years ago, and it's like, wow, man, it has happened. It's real. We actually met 41 years ago. This is how it's going to be. At the end, suddenly you find yourself about to leave the earth. Suddenly you'll realize it's over. It's going to be like that, and you'll be shocked. What? It's over? You mean it's over? That's it? And that's it. And your life, the Bible says, what is your life? It is a vapor. It's gone, just like that. Like steam on a mirror, it'll just dissipate after some time. You won't even know the person was there. People have to look for archives to find out whether you actually lived here. They totally forget about you. One whole life gone. That's your life. So what is it that matters is what is important now. What is it that will transcend time? What is going to endure forever? Thy word, O Lord, is settled forever. 
in heaven. The word of the Lord endures forever. So anything built around the word is going to endure forever. There's a reward there. You may not have to go to X country and live in a cave somewhere and just be fasting the rest of your life. No. But you could just give a cup of cold water in the name of a prophet. And the Bible said you will not lose the reward. Just a cup of cold water in the name of the Lord Jesus. Understanding the gravity in that name. And you get a blessing for it. Isn't that interesting? So now is the time to begin to see what can I do that will endure. All things are lawful unto me. You know, hey, you can do this, you can do that. There's nothing in quote forbidden except the obvious. Amen. You know, uh, you can watch TV, you can go to the beach, you can hang out, you can party and don't get drunk. So many things. Of course, you can't smoke dope. You can't do drugs. You know. But uh, generally, you have a legitimate life to enjoy. Amen. Go out there and everything is lawful. However, notice, but all things are not expedient. What is expedient? It means advantageous. Is there a real advantage in this? Amen. Is there actual advantage in the light of eternity? He goes on. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. That's the truth. That you can live free. You're not under the dominion of a snicker bar. Amen. You can eat a snicker, you know. But you're not under the dominion of that coffee. You can drink coffee and you can also dump the coffee. So nothing's got authority over you except God and his word. That free life, that carefree, burden-free, neck that's free from every yoke. You know, that you and God alone know about. That the legitimate things in your life have not become a stumbling block to your eternal value system. Thy word is more precious to me than plenty of riches and gold. Is the idea of the psalmist here. He has seen something that transcends natural value systems. That goes into eternity Way after this earth has been renewed by fire. It's not going to be a flood anymore like Noah. It's going to be fire. Burn the whole thing. And then God creates something that has only righteousness. Forever and ever. In that time. What are you going to be like? Amen. That's what's important right now. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, let's read that also. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 12 in Canada. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
It's a very solemn thought, isn't it? You know, we were saying last week, uh, Wednesday I believe, that there are marks you set up according to the scripture, targets you set up because of the high calling of God that's in Christ. There's an upward calling that he has apprehended every person for. And the question is, why did you catch me, Lord? Why do you have me in your hands? What is the reason? That should be our quest. And in line with that quest, we set up targets, the mark. You aim for a target, more time, more thoughts around these scriptures, more and more around prayer. I need to yield myself, etc., etc. And it's like that. Once you reach that point, you, you're like, uh, what next? You set up the next. Why? Because you're, you're looking into heaven while you're living down here. That's wisdom. Wisdom is always being able to see beyond your present station the way God sees things. And the Bible declares that with wisdom comes length of days, riches, and honor. That's Proverbs 3, verse 16 on. With wisdom <coughs> comes length of days, riches, and honor. How many of you know that everyone is looking for all three? Some people get one. They live long, but they don't have riches. They don't have a good name. Some people have a good name, but they don't have riches. They don't have anything else. They die young, and they say because they were so good, they died young. But that's not God's word. God's word says if you are doing it wisely... You will live long, you will see good days, and you will have a good name. It shall be well with you. But that's based on your soul, your thinking. Your spirit is fine, but your thoughts. As the soul prospers, so does the rest of you prosper. Third John verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So, your spirit's fine. Now your thinking has to be rearranged. And as you think, that's how you are. So our business as the church is to help get brainwashed. Not literally brainwashed, but soul washed. Amen. So sometimes they say, you went to that church, you got brainwashed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, to some extent. But it's not by force. You know, we're not going to strap you to a chair with IV fluids and electrodes. No. You can get up. You can go wherever you want to. You can even go away and we may not see you again. We'll be just ta-ta. Bye-bye. But you have to decide for yourself, is that my place? Is that where I get my watering, my food, my foundations, my thinking straightened? And then you choose for yourself. Amen. That freedom is there. Amen. So we won't come hounding after you. The hounds of heaven. You can hear their breath behind you. Where were you on Sunday? No, we won't be doing that. What about last Sunday? What about three Sundays ago? No, we won't be doing that. Hallelujah. We'll leave you on a leash. Go as much as you want. But we can tell after some time. Where are thy brethren? Joseph was sent by his father. Go, go, go find your brethren. 
They were supposed to be feeding sheep somewhere in Shechem. But lo and behold, when they got to Shechem, he said, uh, he met a stranger and the stranger asked him, what do you seek? He said, I seek my brethren. Really? Okay, I think they went to Jotham. Some other place. Sounds like Gotham. Hallelujah. Amen. But they still made the 12 tribes. They're not perfect. They have problems. They sold their brother for pieces of silver. I mean, they nearly killed the boy. In fact, in their mind, he was dead. That boy was something, wasn't he? He didn't hold it against them. He became prime minister, the richest place and the most powerful kingdom, the Egyptian kingdom. He was number two. Because he handled it well. He didn't let his emotions rule him. All of these things are soul. But he was not born again like you and I. They were not saved like you and I are today. They were not carrying God inside like you and I are today. So I think we can do better. We have a better covenant. We can live better. There should be more Josephs now. But they were captivated. They were taken here and there. They were steered off. The true direction. The compass was somehow faulty. We need to re-steer ourselves. Amen. Thank you Jesus. Ah, I didn't want to go down that road. Maybe some other time. But uh, ha ha ha. Reading from the scripture now. In Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. Talking about some things that are coming up. After this I beheld and lo a great multitude. Which no man could number. Of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues. Stood before the throne. And before the Lamb clothed with white robes. And palms in their hands. Can you see that? These are saved people. They're standing before the throne. Before the Lamb of God. They're clothed in white robes. So they're not sinners. They're saved. Hallelujah. But in their hands there are palms. Notice verse 10. And they cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. That's worship. Hallelujah. Notice. And all the angels stood round about the throne. And about the elders. And the four beasts. And fell before the throne on their faces. And worshipped God saying. Amen. Blessing and glory. And wisdom. And thanksgiving. And honor. And power. And might. Be unto our God. Forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Notice that this is a crowd of people dressed in the right uh, attire, worshiping God, glory to God, from every tribe, every tongue. You know, it's not a religious thing that only one tribe of people, one race, it's for the spirit of man where there is no male or female. There's no gender bias. 
Hallelujah. But they had in their hands, you know, uh, palms. And they waved the palms. Glory to God. That's one scene. Let's look at another scene. Praise the Lord. Ooh-wee. Glory to God. Uh, over there in the 20th chapter, and we will close shortly. Thank you, Father. Oh, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Verse 11, he says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Hallelujah. Two scenarios. One is a white throne, judgment of God, and then the Lamb, Jesus, and his people and their judgment. Amen. In one case, they're trying to run away and hide. The other case, they're worshiping him. Isn't that lovely? See the difference? Those who did not accept him, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. See, that's his people. They are the ones that are running away from this great white throne. And they will be judged to show them plainly why they are, you know, where they are. Meanwhile, there's a set apart with the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, and his people where they are given rewards. Some have palms. You have a palm right now. Some have thrones. Some have crowns. Some have positions in the ages to come. You see, we, we have escaped the great white throne where people are running away, but they can't hide from him. And they're going to be cast into hell, but they will be judged. We've escaped all that because of the name of Jesus. But then there's another set where we will worship him, but we're going to be at different levels of honor and glory and authority. Hallelujah. And the choice is with us. Amen. Thank God you and I are on our way to heaven. Every believer, I trust God that is on the way to heaven. The Holy Spirit will watch over them. The great shepherd will keep them. He says, they are my sheep. They are his sheep. They're not really our sheep. Even I am one of his sheep. He is the great shepherd of the sheep. He laid down his life for us. He has eyes everywhere. He knows how to take care of us. He'll meet us in our place. Amen. But meantime, I'm here as his under shepherd to take care of those who he has given to me. 
to feed under him and give an account for. That is why we may pester you once in a while. Hey, how you doing? Where you been? What's up? Amen. And send a few hounds of heaven. No, we won't do that. Just a call. That's all that will happen. And sometimes just after two weeks. Because after two weeks, I start to wonder, what's up? And if you say, don't call me again. That's about it. I'll say, Lord, they're your sheep. Amen. If you reply in such a manner, I have to let you go. And I'll say, Lord, they're your sheep. You know how to handle that. You'll take care of them. Amen. But we don't have any other plan, you see. We don't have any other agenda. But to get ourselves founded in these eternal benefits. Amen. All right. Let's see if we can read this and close. We're we're way out of time actually. We've crossed some limits. Revelation 7. Maybe uh, 9 to 11 or so. Idada mele ego, Nadu nodalagi samasta jananga kula praje bashi gadaginda yaru, inisalagadanta maha samuhavu, bili niluangi gadanu, totukondavaragi, tamma kaigadali, kajura da garigadanu, hididukondu simhasana da mundeu, kurimaria datana mundeu. Avaru, prakshaneu simhasana da mele, kutiruva namma devarigu, kurimaria datanigu, seridu indu maha shabdadinda kugidaru. Simhasanada, Hiriera Matu Nalku Jivigada Sutalu Nintukondida Dutarellaru Simhasanada Munde Borala Biddu Devarano Aradi Sutta. And then Revelation twenty eleven and uh, I guess verse twelve also and, and that should do. Amele Bellagiruva Mahasim Hasanavanu, Adara Mele Kutidatan and Nu Nanu Kandino, Athanadurin in the Bumia Kashagalu, Udihogi Avogadigas Tadavilla than Taitu. Idalade Satavarada, Chikavaru, Dodavaru, Devara Munde, Nintiruva than Nu Nanu Kandino, Aga Pustakagalu Tereal Patavu, Jiva Grantavemba Inundu Pustakavu Tereal Patitu, A Pustakagalli, Bereda Prakara, Avaravara Krutigarige, Takante Satavarige. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm so glad we made it through now. But, um, you know, suppose there was a vehicle of transport waiting for you. And uh, maybe you were somewhere like um, Salem. And, you know, your destination is Bangalore. And then they've just, you know, come into the uh, bus stand. And uh, you went out. You wanted to use the bathroom or whatever. And then you know the the horn. Once they like horn twice or something, that's about it. It's time to head out. And you heard the horn, but you are in the limbo position in the bathroom somewhere there, you know. And things are happening, man. And you're like you're not done, you know. Like looks like I'm gonna miss this bus. And then anyway, finally you just clean up and you come out. And then as you're going, you realize there's chai here, man. Paul, I gotta get that chai. And you reach out for the chai and the bus is like driving off. Have you ever been in that kind of place? Yeah, it happens. This is not the time to go looking for chai and this and that. This is the time to be securely on the bus, man. Not to be distracted here and there. Yeah, you need to do some things, do them. But what's really important is to hang in that bus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we worship you.
We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Blessed be your holy name that there is divine transport coming to take us home one of these days. Jesus himself will appear in the clouds. His legs will not touch the Mount of Olives as the days that are coming, but in the clouds. And we who are believers will hear the trumpet, will hear the, the, the horn, hallelujah. Oh yes, Lord, we will hear it clear and crystal and suddenly we'll be caught up, hallelujah, to be with the Lord in the clouds and with, with him forever, halabashikataka. In these last minutes as we live on the planet, Lord, help us to focus and adjust our lives so that we're not moved, shaken, worried, anxious. That we receive your benefits and be a testimony on the earth, O Lord. We love you. We worship you. We honor you. We look forward to rewards that are coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. May we do it right. Holy Spirit, help each one of us, every household out there, to receive and tap into the eternal benefits. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. We worship you for the unveiling of yourself. Hallelujah, more and more. We worship you, we give you thanks, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, amen. Wow, praise God. Thank you so much. Thank you team, hallelujah. If you'd like to give, by the way, it's a great opportunity. You can do so and according to God's word, as you give, it shall come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God will cause men to give to your bosom. With the measure you meet, it shall be measured back to you again. Hallelujah. You'll find that in Luke 6.38. You're blessed.